The Blue Jackets have some stud prospects. Josh Rosa was on the show today talking about who these stud prospects are. That's coming up for you today on Locked on Blue Jackets. Your Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Hayden Hausorn. With me is my co-host, Jay Foster. In a moment, we're here to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of your favorite team and ours, the Columbus Blue Jackets. But before we get started, we want to thank you so much for making this your first listen every day. Locked On Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms, YouTube, and the SiriusXM app. Josh Rosa from Dauber Prospects was on our show today talking about the players of the future in the CBG organization. We'll talk about the big name guys that you know and some of the ones that require the eye of an expert. We've been doing a lot of talk about the NHL entry draft uh, over the past kind of, well, couple of months because the Blue Jackets haven't really gone anywhere in that time, but there's a lot of exciting prospects already in the system. So I thought, hey, let's bring on an expert, someone who knows a lot about all the different prospects that the Blue Jackets have, because they have a ton of them. Uh, so we've got Josh Rosa, who uh, does prospect work for uh, Double Prospect. He is their CBJ guy. So uh, we're going to have a chat about a couple of the more exciting uh, NHL potential players that the Blue Jackets have. Uh, how's it going, Josh? It's going great. Thanks for having me on. I'm super excited to just come on and chat a bit about one of the greatest farm systems in the league right now the the uh talent's overwhelming and it's just gonna get better hopefully in the, the coming week yeah we we might be biased but we're we're pretty big fans of this this prospect pool um so let's start off with a guy that i'm a big fan of um jordan dumay was somehow fell all the way to the third round and then went out and led the QMJHL in scoring this season. What do you like the most about uh, Jordan DeMay? Do you think there's any red flags in his game that kind of are going to stop him from being an NHL player? Well, there's two numbers that really forced him down into the third round, which is five and nine, which is his mm-hmm. height, five foot nine. Um, I am a amateur scout so i am like contractually obligated to like short skilled players like jordan dumay um it's what's really gonna bring him over the edge is his hockey sense and skill like he's not preying on the weak defenses in the queue which to be fair the qmjhl is probably one of if not the worst defensive prospect leagues in the whole world like you have to take the numbers with a bit pinch of salt in there because they're just inflated compared to places like the OHL or the WHL, which has very a lot better defensive structures. But his vision and knowledge is almost unpassed in the queue right now. Like it's hard to see him proving anything more when down there. Unfortunately, with the whole NHL CHL agreement it's either going to be NHL or bust for him which 
I think he gets a shot at least like maybe the first nine games before burning the year of the contract and see how it goes from there. But I also think it depends on who the coach ends up being. If it's 100% who we think it is, then he might have a harder time getting a a roster spot. But um, I think he's worth at least giving the shot for the time being and seeing how he performs those first couple of games. Yeah, so the Blue Jackets obviously have a huge stake right now in the QMJHL. Um, and you just mentioned there that the, that the defensive structure is not as good. But, like, how, how exactly, like, how different is the QMJHL compared to the OHL and the WHL, which are the three main leagues that, you know, out, out of Canada is where the NHL is pulling prospects from? How how far down is the QMJHL would you actually say is compared to those other two leagues in terms of the defense? Is it, is it that far to the point where you're like, you know, I can't really consider it or is it still pretty comparative? It's, it's more of a spectrum. Like you can't just completely like right off the points, especially because, he finished with 140 points this year in the queue, which is, I think, two or three behind Bedard in the WHL this year. And it's the best year since, I think, Radulov and Crosby at the early 2000s. He's tapped everyone since then. It's just like a spectrum. Um, they just don't focus too much on defensive systems, and there's a lot of it's like I haven't been following it too long to know exactly why, but it's just been a feature and staple of this league that it's just not defensive focus. The as as I've understand it and experienced since I've started looking at things like this is that the WHL has the best defensive structures and defensive teams in the entire CHL. OHL's in the middle and the Q is below. I wouldn't say it's like something that you could totally discount, but obviously with scouting, it's way more important to actually see the games than just to look at the numbers. Because Dume has, he's forward and not for a center driven. He likes to play in the middle of the ice, which is, more important than someone that gets those 140 points but plays along the half boards. Like that doesn't work out as well up in the NHL. Um, you really want those center-driven guys like Dumay. So that that's more of the important part and seeing how he plays. Like he exploits the defense using his mind and his shiftiness rather than preying on s- smaller guys or weaker off a defensive groups then yeah it's all about how he plays and he's got the skill and the shiftiness and the intelligence to make an impact i don't know if it's going to be this year like it's a little bit early but he's kind of in the middle which i would think would be great for him to spend some time in the ahl but unfortunately that's just not an option because of his age which what are you going to do 
yeah, the the CHL agreement is like I get it, but it's so frustrating seeing all of these players like, and we're kind of I think we're going to see it with Shane Wright next year yep. if, if he's he's just finished playing in the AHL playoffs and he didn't look out of place there, but he's going to be either in the NHL or he's going to be back in the OHL. And it's is he ready for the NHL? Maybe not. Is he too good for the OHL? Yeah, definitely. So yes, it's, it's yeah. really tough. We're going to get back talking with Josh Rosa in a moment. But before we do, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about game time. Have you ever been stressed out about buying tickets, whether it's you and your date going to a ball game, whether it's you and some friends going to a concert, whatever it is, don't use the app that you've been using. Throw it away. Get game time. Game time is a great place to buy tickets to events that you really shouldn't be stressful buying tickets to. Game time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater shows near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guaranteed. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you'll have. It shouldn't be a stressful thing buying tickets to go see your favorite team play. It should be fun. It should be exciting. You should get on the Game Time app and see prices for tickets that you love. And that is a hundred percent guaranteed with Game Time. You will get great prices. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NHL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account with Locked On NHL. Twenty bucks off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed um but in terms of Dumay, um you said that you, you talked about how he's probably not going to be nhl this year how long do you think that journey is for him before he kind of becomes that player do you think he is a guy that probably plays all four years in the queue and then goes to the a and then makes the jump or does it kind of really depend on well, it probably depends on a bunch of different things, but what do you think kind of his what do you think his his path is gonna look like? I think that there's it, a lot's gonna focus on this um training camp uh, and how everything develops there, how the coach is gonna use him in the in this year because I don't think it's impossible for him to stick around in the NHL this year in a very sheltered kind of bottom six role playing with some really safe guys, getting some easy minutes, like 10 to 15 minutes a night, but knowing his role, um, it depends on how the team wants to use him and how he develops. Like you'd want to see a lot better skating from him he's not the best skater and it's something that he has improved on from last year to this year so that's a positive and so we're looking for that progression if he can progress as a skater add some strength and size to his frame that it could be neck like if he comes in hot this training camp he could possibly stick around but i would look to him next year being a staple guy in at least a middle six in Columbus as the best case scenario. Worst case takes another few years for him to get there. But I think it's, it's hard. Cause like, he's got nothing more to prove in the juniors. Like he's 
the top guy in the queue. He won the John Beliveau trophy for being the best regular season player. So I think he could stick around in a minor role, but next year I'd really like him to take a big step up to a middle six guy in the NHL. And I think he could do it if he keeps improving the way that he's been improving since last year to this year. I think it's definitely possible. Another guy that Jackets fans have been looking at is James Malatesta, who was drafted in the fifth round in 2021. So certainly not a guy that Jackets had Jackets fans had high expectations for, but he was over a point a game last year in the queue and he was part of the Quebec ramparts who uh, went and won the Memorial cup. So clearly there's something with this guy. He has a left wing shot. He plays on the right wing. Were you, how impressed were you by James Malatesta this year at, at 20 years old? I mean, he, he did some stuff. Yeah, he's he's a real dog, and especially when the games get tough in the playoffs, he absolutely shines. That's where he first got noticed up, even in the league lower, but beyond the queue. And he just steps it up in the playoffs, and he's going to be a guy that's going to be a playoff performer wherever he goes. When the game steps up, he steps up with it. He's a small guy, but he doesn't play it. He drives hard to the net. He's a physical guy. He plays dirty. He's great. I think he's fantastic. Um, AHL is the best place for him at this point because he really needs to make sure he's got his head on straight when he's facing six-plus feet guys, 200-pound defenders that are going to knock him down and really give him the ringer when he's playing physically like that. So I think having a year or two in the AHL at least will give him that physicality and strength, but I can really see him blossoming into a checking bottom six role in the uh, NHL in the future, just because he's got that compete. He can, he's got a scoring touch. He did miss some time with injury this year and his numbers could have been even better, but especially when the games really start to matter at the end of the year in the playoffs, he is going to be the guy that you want on your roster when that comes down to it. He's just a fantastic guy to watch. He competes like anyone else. He can skate. He's great. There are those, like, I don't know how well his scoring is going to translate. His shot isn't the strongest or hardest but he, I think he's got enough compete and drive that he's going to make a bottom six impact in the NHL someday yeah I'm a huge James Malatesta fan uh, so is Hayden as well it's uh he's just a really fun player that like you said fifth round if you get an NHL player at all out of him then that feels like a win um but what should we I believe he turned 20 uh sometime last season so he's ineligible to go back to the, to the uh, queue so he's probably going to be either nhl or ahl this season what should we expect from from malatesta in terms of like what's the best case scenario for this guy um in the the upcoming season all right best case scenario is that he can make the jump to the nhl right away um he's again it's he's going from playing 
teenagers and young adults to full-grown men and it's going to be how can he handle the physical pressures that are going to be put on him how is he going to handle the larger defenders more physically um mature players that he's going to play against i do think that it would be best for him to get to the ahl like keep him around preseason training camp get him into the pro and the NHL level, get him to follow around some of the smaller guys, some of the, like, Johnny Goudreau's there, learn the game, and then get sent down to just get his feet under him in the AHL. He's a guy that I think you could bring up this year if injuries get going on the team. Bottom six, you could plug him in. I think he'd be great for a handful of games going there, 10, 20 games around. But I do think keeping him down for at least a year, year and a year, two years would be probably ideal for him. Another guy that the Jackets, excuse me, uh, another guy that the Jackets are, Jackets fans are totally excited about is their first round draft pick in 2022. The sixth overall draft pick at defense, David Juracek, who had his first season with the, with the Monsters this past year, had 38 points in 55 games. Pretty, pretty impressive for a 19-year-old. Is And a lot of Jackets fans are counting on him being a regular in the lineup this this upcoming year. Is, is David Yerchek, is he ready for the NHL after what he did with the Monsters? I think so. I can see him coming right into the top four. I'm not sure how exactly it's going to all pan out with all the new the new signings and the trade for Provorov, how all the pairings and everything is going to come out. But I think he can start at least on the second pairing and just eat minutes. Kind of, I think he could kind of sort of do a similar thing to what Caden Gooley did with Montreal this year where he's a young player, but he is so composed. He's so good in his own zone. He's so smart, physically ready. Like There's a lot of places that when doing a redraft, he's going one or two overall of last year compared to like leapfrogging guys like Nemec and Slavkovsky, which I early, it's too early to say for sure, but I do agree that he's kind of raised the bar and I think he's going to be a 82 game player next year. He's going to eat minutes. I, I think he can possibly be about the same points as he got in the AHL. I mean, I'm an optimistic guy, but at heart. So I think like 20 to 30 assists and maybe like five goals is probably a pretty realistic, safe bet for him. Um, Like he's just so, mature in his game and ready to go. I just think he's ready to make that jump and he's going to impress a lot of people that didn't watch his AHL and he's going to kind of take the league by storm, hopefully best case scenario. I don't see him going back to the AHL next year. I think he's going to be an NHL regular. He's just that good. 
yeah, when I did my draft stuff last year, he was the second. He like he was my second ranked player behind Shane Wright last year, and I still stand. I still stand by that. Um, yeah. I think Logan Cooley has kind of closed the gap a little bit, but I'm a huge, huge fan of of Eurotrix game. What do you think in terms of? So you mentioned him probably starting on the second pairing. Do you think there's a world in which the Blue Jackets have as their top pairing next season, Zach Wierenski and David Juracek? How do you think that's going to shake out? I think it's really possible. Um, Wierenski's a good guy to learn from on the ice. Like He's a top defender in the league in kind of all three zones, and he's responsible enough to let it to kind of clean up some of the issues that Yercheck would have in his own zone um, or if he wants if he makes an unfortunate pinch that Wierenski's going to be there enough to mitigate some of the errors that will happen with a young player um, and just getting minutes would be fantastic I think it does depend on how the season's kind of shapes out if the if the blue jackets are serious about really contending and putting the pressure on to win a whole bunch of games and make the playoffs then i would think i would want him more on a second line uh, trying to keep him away from the top end talent trying to shelter him a little bit while still getting him those 20 minute games that he could play but at least at the start, if he has a strong tra- training camp, he can very easily. I could see him working on the top line if him and Warinsky hit it off, and he really hits his stride early in the season. He could, he could get away with being the first pairing this year. That would that would confirm a lot of things that Jackets fans have thought about him over the last year, which is that he is going to be a guy kind of full-time in the lineup. Like, people are, are are kind of banking on that. And, yeah, I mean, sure, it's optimistic to think that he can do in the NHL what he did in the AHL, but Jackets fans are kind, are kind of counting on that, and I think so is the front office. Um, but just to move on here, a, a guy that I want to talk about is Josh Dunn, who is a kind of an under-the-radar guy. Um, he sticks out to Jackets fans because he's six foot four. And he had 37 points in 60 games in the AHL this past year, had 20 goals with the Monsters. So he was doing something in Cleveland. I mean, 20 goals, that's, you know, a goal every three games. That's a big deal. But when he came up to Columbus, no points in eight games that he played. He had 10 penalty minutes in his eight games. Sure. Do Jackets fans love the idea of a six foot four center? being right there, you know, ready to go. He's 24. He's kind of like, in their eyes, maybe the next Pierre-Luc Dubois. But um, the penalty minutes uh, is kind of tough. But what what have you kind of seen from Josh Dunn, if anything, that either gets you excited or maybe gets you a little concerned about him getting more time in the Union Blue? It's tough to say because – Obviously, there's going to be a big shape up, shake up at center at some point this year. That's Yarmo Kekalin has come out and said, this has to change. Something's got to give. And I think 
the third overall pick this year is going to really help with that, depending on which way they go. But I do have a feeling that they're going to pick a high-end center that's going to help with that. I like the size is really like it's mouthwatering. Like you always really want those tall guys, long reach. Um, I just, I just don't know if I've seen a lot of those tall guys, the tall centers that just don't have the skating ability or the scoring touch to make the jump. And I think he's better than his NHL stats have given out, out for sure. Like, it, and no one looked good last year on Columbus. Like, you, you can't say that he had no points and penalty minutes because he was playing on a terrible team. But I think that his ceiling is like a good fourth line uh, shutdown guy. You put him out, plays a reliable minutes wins a face off plays solidly enough in his own zone uses his size i don't think that there's too much more than that um which i'll take which i will take yeah i think as a jackets fan i love a good face off win every now and then if someone yeah. can just come in and win a face off every now and then i'll take that yeah it's <laughs> i i think we're gonna talk about another really good face off man in a minute too but yeah like Fringe NHL player is still like one of the best and hockey players in the world. Like the guy could still play hockey, and especially as just a kind of a second option if someone gets hurt or something happens, you could do a whole lot worse than Josh Dunn plugging in on the bottom six there. Like he's not a black hole of play like some other guys, but. I just don't think that he's, especially if you want to build a really good, strong center line, I think he's going to be more of the 13th guy than um, a regular if you're looking at contending for playoffs there. Yeah. Which, yeah, if you know your role, if you, you need people like that sometimes. You need to fill roles and fill in holes. So, he he works for that, I think. He's someone just to keep an eye on when he comes in and look out for that big six foot four wingspan there. I feel like I always think about um Scott Harrington as the perfect like seventh defenseman of probably wasn't good enough to be an NHL regular, but survived. You know, he wasn't a complete black hole. Um and so I think that's some I think that's something that the Blue Jackets missed. This year was they didn't really have that seventh defense guy. And I know that, you know, everyone was injured. Literally everyone was injured. Um, but I think having a, I think it's a really underrated thing to have like a, that one guy that is your, your 13th forward that you can just throw in the press box. And if you need him to, he can run down the stairs and, and get his gear on, you know, like that. Uh, I want to talk about another guy who I think probably has a higher ceiling um, and who is my personal favorite. Cleveland Monster, um, and I think is a lot of people's favorite Cleveland Monsters. Um, Trafix Wolanski had a monster season with the Monsters this year, if you'll excuse the the accidental pun. Um, oh, that was great. 
accident. I said yeah, it sure. and then was like, you know what? We're just going to roll with it. I want um, them all to have monster seasons. <laughs> is he going to be an NHLer this year? Do you think he's ready to make that jump to be an NHLer full time? I think he's, especially with that year, earned at least a shot. Um, especially with the way that some players performed last year, um, even without the injuries, like there were some big, uh, big disappointments. Names like Sillinger come to mind with that. I think he's at least earned the opportunity to play his way onto the roster. And even that could help guys that are on the roster try and light a fire under them like saying like if you're not picking it up we have this guy that did 71 points at 61 games in the nhl in the ahl last year biting on your heels to make something of it and i think he's he's at least good enough to stick around again this is going to be a really big off season of change for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Like they've made it obvious that there's going to be a lot of movement. So depending on where everything shakes out, because there are defenders that I think could have been on the team a month ago, but now have been pushed out because of certain players coming in and moving out kind of thing. Um, I'd like to see him get an extended visit. Like he's only played 15 NHL games over two seasons. I think at this point he's earned a full look to see if he can keep up with the pace of the NHL. And uh, like all signs point to that he can at least be a decent contributor on the back end. Like I don't think he's going to put up point per game totals in the nhl especially right out the gate but as a guy that could come in and score like 10 15 goals put up 30 points i think that's possible for him this year and even higher if everything works out depending on how who he plays with and how he plays i think the nhl is a real possibility for him this year I think we'd all love to see it. I think we'd all love to see it. I mean, the Blue Jackets have just been a team that has just been relying so heavily on these prospects, relying so heavily on these young guys. And so, so many of them have came up, worn a Blue Jackets jersey, and just not done squat. So of all these guys, of all these prospects that we've mentioned either today or maybe some guys that we haven't mentioned, who is the guy for you, Josh, that gets you the most excited about as in like you see him and you're like, yeah, he's a guy. Well, David Yerchek is definitely like, it's hard to even almost call him a prospect. Cause I am expecting really big things from him in the NHL this year. Like he feels pro ready. Um, another guy that, I think with the right growth could be a very good middle six forward option is someone that we've talked about off the show, Luca Del Bell blues from uh, the uh, 
He used to play for the Steelheads, but I think he played. He got traded to the Sting, I think, this year. Yes. Um, he's a big guy. He's six foot, um, but he's really lean. He's handsome for, fellow too. Yeah, yeah, he looks good. That's another plus. Uh, he weighs plus. about the same as Jordan Dumay, but Jordan Dumay's five nine and he's six foot. So he really needs to really add strength and i think i'd like to see him add a physical point part of his game but he's a very good face-off man he's got good hands he's surprisingly shifty at points and can skate he's a good two-way defender he can play in his own zone play in forward and i believe he's turning is he turning 20 this year can't remember his age because i think he might be making the jump up to cleveland this year and i if he can really he's uh he'll be 20 in november so there you go yep okay yeah perfect if he can get up to cleveland with the professional training staff and everything really put on some weight and muscle onto his body add that physical part of the game like he can. He's pretty good with the puck on his stick and fighting off defenders, but in the defensive zone, he's quite passive for someone his size. Then I would rather him be a little bit more active and physical. But if he adds that part of the game, he could jump up to kind of a second line, third line center of the future for uh, Columbus, which is... Very exciting. Like he's got the frame, he's got the skill for it. I just think more growth, really fill out physically, and then he could be a really solid add to the middle and middle of the lineup and the middle center roster, which is something that Columbus really wants and needs, obviously, at this point. We do but have two and a half centers, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's someone to definitely just watch his uh trajectory like he's i think projecting up he is inter- he's gonna be one to watch for sure and hopefully i'm not expecting him anywhere close to the nhl this year or maybe even next year but come maybe two or three years down the line then we could i think we could see him coming up to the nhl and playing some meaningful two-way minutes chipping in some points and feeding some good wingers if he's got some at that point so he's definitely one that's interesting and one to look for that we haven't mentioned so far putting him and james malatesta on a line with the monsters this season sounds like a a real good time to me a lot of fun yeah for sure (laughs) skill and speed if people yeah. want to uh, learn more about Blue Jackets prospects, if they want to read some of your work that you do over at Double Prospect, uh, where can people find you and your work online? Yeah, so I'm mostly on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is Rosa Other, as in a Rosa by any other name, but that was way too long of a name and <laughs> reference for Twitter. So it's Rosa Other, and I uh, I update as much as I can on Dauber prospects on the Blue Jackets page. Um, obviously, with the draft coming up in one more week, we're going to be a whole lot more busy. We're going to have the 30, 31 and 31, a big 
update on all the draft picks that Columbus is going to have. Yeah, that's the main spots right now, Dauber Prospects and Twitter. That's all we have for you today. Tomorrow we'll be doing a season review for our guys Carson Meyer and Mikhail Poutier. Thank you so much for listening, for making us your first listen every day. Locked on Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms, YouTube, and the SiriusXM app. I'm your host, Hayden Heilsworn, for my co-host, Jay Foster. We want again, thank you so much for listening. And until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.